0: Thank you for tuning in to Repairs of the Breach Ministries podcast. We pray this podcast blesses you as Pastor Calvin King delivers a message from God. All right, I'm going to bring you up real quick on where we were last week. I'm to talk to you about a way out. Everybody needs a way out. There's a real devil out there, and his job is to entrap you, to ensnare you. The Bible says he looked to ensnare you at will. There are some of us in here now, we get trapped at the devil's will. Whenever he want to pick on somebody, he know who to come to. He know he want a victory because he just lost to somebody else. He need to go build himself back up so he come to you to get you to sin so he feel like he's somebody again. The Bible says he takes you at will. Well, we want to put a stop to that mess. We want you to be able to put up a fight. Not that you're going to win every fight, but you're not going to lose these battles. Amen? So what we're talking about is a way out. Uh, they got these things going out now called escape rooms, meaning they lock you up in these room and you have to find clues to get out. I believe it's prophetic. I believe your mind is just like that. I believe you need to look in your mind and your heart to find a way out. The Bible says God is so just that he will give you a way of escape. The problem is, do you want to? Sometimes that devil is so subtle in what he does and what he offers to you that you want to do it. And he gets into your head, and he reasoned with you, and you just just go along with the flow. Oh, you feel bad afterwards, or you should feel bad afterwards, but that's just the way he fights. All right, so we're talking about a way out, and I know we all need a way out of different things in in our life, but God has the only way out. Watch this. All right, I gave you uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. There is no temptation taking us that is common unto man, but God is what? Faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above what you're able to bear. Everybody who's being tempted, guess what? You're able to bear. You can handle it, baby. Stop saying, when that temptation comes to you, you got a choice right there in the fight or flight. Okay? But with every temptation, he also made what? A way to escape. When you get ready to do something stupid, somebody come in the room, that's your way of escape. And I'll leave that right there because I want to keep going. Watch next. All right. Real quick. All right. Transform the way you're thinking. You have to transform the way you think. You can't think the way you used to think, okay? You can't think that you can do this and still the devil won't come back to your mindset. Okay? Keep reading. Go on. Next. We have to renew our mind. The Bible declares that in Romans chapter twelve, verse one and two, I beseech you, I beg you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your body. Where's the biggest problem? Mm-hmm. Your mind. All folks say it like this: an idle mind is a devil workshop. Mm-hmm. If you can present your body to God. And get your mind to accept it, baby, you're gonna have so many victories in your life. So, the biggest battle is not my body, it's my mind. If I can keep the devil out of my head, my body gonna line up. Yeah, yeah. When we fasted for 21 days, I was all right. I had been settled in my mind. I wasn't gonna do it. Oh, that was some battle, boy. I was smelling food that I know I shouldn't have been smelling. Well, I was looking at folks, eating. it. I know I shouldn't have be been looking. Whatever I do. You know what? And then right after the fast was over, you know what I did? I told myself I can reward myself. You know what I did? I didn't listen to Scripture. I heard God say, make no provision for the flesh. But I wanted what I wanted. I came out of my fast that Thursday night. Couldn't wait till 6 o'clock, 6 o'clock Wednesday morning. My daughter made me a smoked sausage sandwich. <laughs> And here I am, you know, just peel that, cut and peel that old red skin off because that ain't good for you. The whole thing wasn't good for me, but I justified it <laughs> by taking that red skin off. <laughs> See, when you start making provision for your flesh, you're going to do what you need to do to get your flesh to go along with it. You're going to justify and do it. You understand? You hear me? Yeah. The Bible tells us to make no provision for the flesh. In other words, if you've got something in your house that you know that's going to cause you to sin, you need to get rid of it. All right, but I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Renew this thing right here. All right, not only that, but we found out that there's a real devil. There was a movie that came out one time called The Devil. Did anybody see it? This woman, these folks trapped in the elevator. Mm -hmm. The devil always tried to trap you. Make you think there's no way out. But he wants you to tell that he's trying to paint a picture that you can't get out, out of your own thinking. But anyway, the devil is real. The Bible says that for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Meaning their thought patterns above your thought pattern. They're, they're strategic in what they're doing. Okay? If they know you got a problem with lust, they're going to set a, a pretty woman or a pretty dude or, pretty dude, or a handsome dude near you. <laughs> I don't know. These dudes, now they're getting pretty. But anyway, hey, I'm going to leave that alone. I'm going to leave that alone. I'm going to leave that alone. All right? I won't even go there. I'm going to leave that one alone. All right? But, but the devil will know. And watch this. Watch this. And because you're going to need to know this. So when you start, the Bible says confession falls to one another that you may be healed. Some of y'all can't tell everybody everything. You may have to just tell what spirit that you're dealing with. If there's a spirit of lust, then that's, that's, that's common enough. I'm sp- dealing with a spirit of lust, and leave it at that. You ain't got to get all into the gruel details, right. considering themselves that they're Anyway, all right, so we're wrestling against the devil, y'all, and his demons. Y'all hear me? So you don't see him, but you hear him very well. Stop thinking that every thought goes through your head is your thought. Watch this. 1 Corinthians, chapter 14, verse 10. There are, it may be, so many kind of voices in the world. There are voices of men, there are voices of angels, there are voices of devils and demons. Hear me good. You don't like somebody, you heard it before you even thought about it. There's some people that walk up to you and you just don't like them. You don't even know nothing about them not to like them. But something ain't right. I'm discerning that. <laughs> no, you listen to a spirit. Now, discernment is true now. It's good. It can protect you. But when you get to a point where you ain't seeing no good, the Bible says look for the good. Make al- Watch this. This is a scripture. Make allowances for other folks' weakness or for their faults. And none of y'all got together. You just told me that a while ago. So what I need to do is make them allowances for your weaknesses or for your faults. In other words, when you get on my nerve, I know you've been hurt somewhere, so let me deal with you. Let me help you. Instead of cussing you out and telling you where to go, I need to be a little bit more patient. I need to be a little bit more kinder to you. Because you're dealing with something, and you need somebody to prophesy or to speak encouragement, exhortation, and comfort into your life. We will miss it, people. We're going to miss it. We're going to say some things that are going to hurt people feeling But how do you fix it? How do you repent? The Bible says you ought to show some fruits of repentance. You ought to show some signs. When you hurt somebody, you need to fix it. That's the Christian way of doing it. It's called repentance and then showing some fruits of it. All right? Now, I know I'm giving you all a lot today, but just stick with me. I got some more for you. All right, so you know now that there are, there are different voices that go on in your head. There's one devil on this side and an angel on this side. Which one are you going to listen to? is up to you. You hear me good? The more scripture you have in you, the better you're going to have a chance on following that angel. Or the voice of God. If you feed yourself on negative stuff and you got negative people around you, you're going to do what that devil telling you to do. Watch your circle. You want to have victory in 2017, look at your circle. Yeah. Evil confidence can corrupt good morals. You hang around bad people, you're going to do some things that the bad people do. Yeah. They all got dope and drugs in the car, they pull them over, all oh, y'all going for a ride. You had to explain to the judge that it wasn't yours, yeah. but you're going down. Yeah. All right. So when a thought goes to your mind, ask yourself, who suggested this? Who suggested? Who's telling me this? Where is this coming from? Why is it that I don't like you? you I, I just I, you just came into the room. I don't even know you from Adam. But when you sat beside me, I didn't like you. Where is that coming from? Is it coming from God? Or is it coming from a devil? If it's coming from God, God's going to always give you a way to try to be able to minister to that person. Because you can pick up on some spirits. And I don't know if y'all know or not, but y'all can carry spirits. Mm-hmm. And some unclean ones, too. I, I, I'm sorry. How many visitors do we have in here? Y'all might not be used to this. I apologize, but stick with me. All right? Okay. So the devil will entice you or try to get you to do wrong, all right? We gave you those scriptures. Remember in John at the supper, uh, at, at supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judah, Iscariot, he put in Judah's heart. The devil put stuff in your heart, people. You gotta watch it. You gotta watch it. He gets stuff in your heart, and then you'll hold on to that thing, and that's why the Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things. Who can know it? You might can do some stuff that you never thought you'd do. I never killed nobody. I never, I never broken your house and threatened your family. You don't know what you'll do. You have to trust God to be able to justify you, All right? Uh, Acts chapter five, verse three. That's when Peter uh, came and told Ananias and Sapphira. He, hey, why? You know, you probably you're going to give God something, and then when when time comes for you to give it to him, you, you made more than what you thought you were going to get out of it. And then all of a sudden, God don't need all that money. Uh-huh. And now you and your wife get together, and y'all are a Your tithe is supposed to be in this amount, but you got more back from your taxes than what you thought you were going to get back. And you ain't been giving them but this amount, so you and her got together. And y'all decide to give $50 over what you've been giving, but it wasn't what you were supposed to been giving. God told them, say, the money was yours when you got it. You didn't have to promise nothing to God. But when you did and God breathed on it and it blessed it, now you want to have an attitude with God? He said the people a foot, the foot at the door right now to carry you out. They fell dead on the spot because they lied to the Holy Ghost. Don't lie to God. Amen? All right, wake up. Here we go. Next. Now, I pulled this from 12 steps from Alcohol Anonymous. I went back. Because I heard people and I ministered to people who went to AA and, got, and went to those AA meetings, and they got deliverance. They got help. I am looking for every way I can to help you get out of your stuff. So if Alcohol and had some success, I went back and looked at their 12-step program, and I put some scriptures with it to come back and give to you to try to give you a way out. Some of you may can get a way out. Some of you all got victory just by the fasting. Now some of you are going to get victory by applying these scriptures. And some of you are going to have to get victory when we lay hands on you and cast out them devils. And we will get to that. I am going to start teaching on deliverance ministry. Deliverance is a children's bread. I don't believe in devils. You got one. (laughs) And I want to help you get rid of it so you can see straight. And you can believe what the Bible has to say. Jesus had to deal with devils. What make you think you won't? They are real. And because they are unseen, they want to make you think. See, the devil wants to stay hidden and wreak his havoc. Because when you really really sin, you're going to say, what? Is this it? Is this all that's been tempting me? He's going to make you think that he's this big old thing. But when you read Isaiah, the Bible said in the last day, we're going to look up and say, is this it? Is this what weakened the world? Really? I've been falling to this imp. All right. So, now listen to what I'm saying. Now, this is what AA has gotten together. And I'm not saying everything that they got is true, but I do know that a lot of stuff I can find biblical roots to it. And I want to be able to help you all. So, they could be your 12 steps or they could not be your 12 steps. It could be one of your steps, whatever it needs to be. But I want to go through them so you can see, okay? All right. Because recovery is a long, a lifelong process, There's no wrong way to approach the 12 steps as a participant tries to what? Figure out what works best. Some of you all have some issues in your life and you need to take the word of God to try to figure out what's the best way of you going by getting your freedom. Some of you may have to get rid of some of your friends. Some of you may have to stop going to certain places. Some of you may have to stop listening to your cousin them, pooking them, Ray-Ray. You need to leave them alone because they're hindering you, because they still want to do their own thing. They just need you to go along with it because you're a Christian. And if you do it, that justifies them to be okay. God can't be mad at them if you're the Christian in doing it. So so, so Puka needs you to come on with her. She, You know you don't need to be going out. You know you don't need to be hanging out over there. But because she got you going with her, she feels good about it. And your conscience all messed up and tore up about it. So what she got to do is calm your conscience down. So you're gonna drink a drink. I buy it. Well, no, no, <laughs> really. The Bible told you to flee. All right. So for their for for their individual needs. In fact, most participants find that they would need to revisit some of the steps, even ta- even uh, ta- uh, tackle more than one step at a time. So in other words, when you're going through these 12 steps, you might say, yeah, I need that one, I need that one, that one, and that one. It all depends on how deep you're in. I can tell you the truth, that the Word works. The Word will work if you work the Word. There was a time when... Uh, you know, I have these scriptures I confess about me and my wife. You know, my wife and I were patient and kind. We're not envious, not jealous, not bold over jealous, all that kind of stuff. Well, I got mad, so I wasn't going to confess her. Well, thank God so rough. I went and grabbed them scriptures back, boy, and I started confess. my wife and I, we patient, we're kind, we're never envious, never jealous. I had to go back to the Word because when I got mad at her, I gave the devil place to come in and said I wasn't going to use the scripture to keep them all. It got so ugly. Uh-huh. So I know the word worked out of my own experience. I'm not telling you something just to be telling you. I'm telling you what I know works. Yeah. And it'll work for me, it'll work for you, for my God has no respect to persons. All right. So let's go. Let's go to the first step. Here we go. First step. Again, the next step. There you go. All right. All right. Here we are, the 12 steps as identified by alcoholic nominals. Now, I gave what they wrote at first, but then I went back and added these scriptures. So when you go and look it up and Google it, you won't see these scriptures. Okay? These are added. Footnotes. Arthur Persuasion. Pastor King Persuasion. What he picked out. All right. They say we admit that we are powerless over alcohol, that our lives have become unmanageable. That's one thing that they do. They admit, number one, that they have a problem. You didn't hear me. <laughs> Woo! Baby, you got to admit you have a problem. <laughs> ain't nothing wrong with me. And people look at you like, really? Well, I, I'm fine. I'm all right. Ain't nothing wrong with me. Huh. People can look at you. They don't have to even listen to you. They can look at you and tell something ain't right. Have you all ever, uh, and I don't mean, and I'm not poking fun or anything, I'm just telling you so that you can understand what I'm talking about. Have you ever had a conversation with a drunk person? And they don't know they're drunk. You see what I'm talking about? You don't, uh uh-uh, ain't nothing wrong with me. I'm fine. Woo! Yeah, the smell, the look, the way you carry yourself, everything's shouting that you're drunk, but you don't think you're drunk. When I flipped my car up that hill at 115 miles an hour, I didn't think I was drunk. My brother told me, boy, you smell it out of this? I took some dirt and put it in my mouth and try to get the smell down. He slapped it out of my hand. I was drunk and didn't know it. Mhm. So sometimes you get getting so sin- and so much in sin, you don't even know it. You got so accustomed to it that you don't even realize it. Now, don't get it twisted. There's nobody who could sin and not know it, especially if you come to church. Mhm. Mhm. What happens is that sometimes sin is taken in moderation. But it grows to excess. If you're a drunk, you are drunk, you we can't we can't have communion with you with real wine. That's why we get the apple juice, the grape juice, or whatever kind of juice you want to use. Some of you just may need the water. I don't know. It all depends on how deep you are, because what the devil does, they look for a way to open up the doorway. All he need is a place. That's why the Bible says, "Give no place to the devil." Where one Christian over here may be able to drink a little wine, you can't taste it, you can't even smell it. To thine own self be true. If you know you have an issue with alcohol and you've been drinking, then stay away from it. And I don't care if she does try to tell you it's okay, it's going to be all right. She had not fought the battle that you fought. She had not been through what you've been through. So you can't put yourself out there like that. And don't expect for her to understand it. Don't expect for him to understand it. They don't understand what you're going through. They have not been touched with the feelings of your infirmities. So you got to watch yourself. And misery always loves company. When you got somebody out there, they can't have a good time unless they're drunk, guess what? They're going to want you to get drunk too. (laughs) You understand that part? All right. Here's a scripture. Leviticus chapter 5, verse 5 from the New Living Translation says this. When you become aware of your guilt in any of these ways, you must confess your sin. When you become aware that, you know what, I'm out of control. That something's just not right. I've got a lot of pride I'm dealing with. i got a lot of lust I'm dealing with. I can't get away from the pornography. I can't get away from the drinking. I can't get away from watching the skirt tails. I can't get away from watching the muscles. You know, I just can't wait. for Like I told you all last week, you know, when, when you're watching the, the game coming on today, right, I know i got to let you all out. What time do the game start? Don't tell me. <laughs> I know i got to let you out so you can go watch the game. But it's television, and guess what? You might not know this. But the folks who make the most money are those folks who are buying the commercials. And they aren't willing to spend $4, $7, $12 million for a three-second commercial. Who would put that kind of money into a commercial unless they knew the power of it? The power of suggestion. The power of a thought. A subliminal message. Well, you're looking at this, this video or you're looking at this. You're watching the game. You want to see the game. But you you You, you drink. And then there you go, Butt Them horses riding to them, them big old feet on me. You just and all of a sudden that cold coat. I mean, it's like woo. <laughs> and then you start thinking about that 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 Butt hitting the back of your throat. It's a message. It's a message. There are messages out there. Now I'm not saying you can't watch that game. But you need to watch it like this. When they come on, just do it like this. Nobody will ever know. <laughs> Stop watching. Just look down. Just, just woo. I'm trying to help you. The devil doesn't play fair. All he needs is a place to put a thought. And if he can put that thought there, he's going to come back later and water it. Amen? All right. So Romans chapter 6, verse 14 for the New Living Translation says, Sin is no longer your master. Did you hear this? Sin is no longer your master. You don't have to do what sin tells you to do. You don't have to hit that because it says the thought said do it. You don't have to drink that because the thought said do it. You don't have to smoke that because everybody else said, Sin should not be your master. Mm mm you no longer live under the requirements of the law. God said, "I can't." Jesus came to put away with the law, to fulfill the law. He didn't destroy it. He fulfilled it. Now he said, I've filled it. I've conquered it. I'm putting it aside now. Don't you live by the law. You live by grace. You got God's riches at Christ's expense. Everything that you want from God, you can get it because of what Christ has done. So instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Now, I don't want you to abuse the grace of God. God gave you these blessings, these privileges, and if you falter, if you mess up, the Bible says he don't want you to sin, but if you sin, you have an advocate. An advocate is a lawyer. Is that right, Ms. Angela? Good. An advocate is a lawyer, somebody who's going to plead your case. So when you mess up, it ain't all over. Don't think that God don't love you because he does love you. That's why he sent his son to die for you. When you mess up, Jesus said, I got this. I got you. I got you. The devil just brought a case in against you and, 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 and Jesus said, I object. And when God see those nail scars hand, hey, everything in the courtroom of heaven stands still. And he comes up and pleads your case. But your honor see they was watching that game and that rascal put a thought in their mind and you know they're but flesh. You know that the spirit is willing but that flesh was weak. And, God, and Father I tell you they messed up. And I know they will be punished, and they need to be punished. But, Father, look at here. We've already paid for it. It's already been done. And, God, I forgive them. You know what the Father said? Case dismissed. Uh-huh. Some of y'all right now don't even realize your case been dismissed. You still, you still waiting to go to trial, and your case been Dismissed. That's too heavy for you. But anyway, you should have got your freedom right there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Step two. Ooh, step two. Goodness. You know I got 12 of these, right? All right. Step two. Come to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. There's a power that's bigger than you, baby. You're not at the end when you've done all, when you've exhausted all you can do. You done cried and you done prayed and you done this and you done, done this. At some point you step in faith and say, God, you know what? This is where I am. And this is where I need to be. Now, God, you got to help me. you got to fix this thing. James chapter 1 verse 21 says this. So get rid of all the filth and the evil in your life. You do your part. Do your part. Now, you're going to mess up. Watch this. Let me tell you. There are some victories that are instantaneous. Some of you just get delivered like that. But then there are some that get delivered within the hour. But then there are some that get delivered through the process. I don't know where you are, if you've got your instantaneous delivery or you're going through the process. But there is victory for you. When you go through the process, there's much more that you have to do. Many times people go through the process because God delivered you instantly one time, but that wasn't good enough. You went back to your old ways. So God said, I'm going to teach you this time. Yeah. The first time I got rid of all your mess, but that wasn't good enough, and you forgot from whence I brought you, and you went back to your old beggarly elements and started doing the same thing over again. So this time, I'm going to take you through the process. Oh, yeah. huh. okay. All right. So get rid of all the filth and evil from your lives, and humbly accept, humbly accept, humbly accept the word of God, the word that God has planted in your heart. Where's the word planted? In your heart. When you come to church, where's the word being planted? In your heart. Why? For it has the power to save your soul, your suke, your mind. This is where the problem is, people. Most of your temptations, most of your problems originate right in here, the battleground. And that's why the devil's showing you all these subliminal messages because he's trying to get it in your head. If he get it in your head, he figured he can get it into your heart. Yeah. Do you, and don't raise your hand. But do you ever, have have you ever been tempted? Last time, some of you just been tempted. Some of you tempted right now. Well, listen to me, good. Do you feel it when it when it, when it gets into your heart? It's just a tingling feeling. It's just a it's a different feeling. It's like your mind doesn't accept it, Like I want to do this thing, and then your heart agrees with it. And your body says, whoop-de-doo. <laughs> you see how he works. So, what you have to do is get enough word hidden in your heart that when that devil throws that thought up in here, that word rises up. I'm not going to sin against him. I love him too much. He's done, done too much for me. The Bible says it's the love of God that constrains us. You owe it to yourself to get some more word in you. You owe it to yourself to study, to show thyself approved, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. All right, let's go real quick. We got to get a few more. All right, step three make a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. They made a decision to turn their will over. I told you, the most powerful thing you possess as a human being, as a spiritual being, is your will. Your will is so strong that demons cannot override you. If you set your will in motion, there's nothing that can stop you. That's how strong your will is. God can't stop you from going to hell if you want to go. Your will is so strong, can't no devil make you do nothing if you don't want to do it. That's why he have to saturate your mind to get into your heart to make you want to do it. And when you want to do it, guess what? Have you ever tried to talk somebody out of something that they really want to do? Very difficult. Very difficult. Okay? All right. Acts chapter 3, verse 19, King James Version this time. Repent ye therefore and be what? Converted, that your sins may be blotted out. How many want your sins blotted out? You want this stuff? I don't want this stuff to come up when I stand before God. Are you crazy? You crazy? I mean, a big screen like this, and all y'all watching me, and then all my stuff come up on that screen, I'm going to be trying to run and put my hand over everybody's eyes. You know, I don't want nobody to see my mess. I want it to be blotted out. Don't put my life on that screen, God. Uh-uh. You love me too much. You put my stuff up there. I'm going to go. I'm just going to leave. I don't want nobody to see that. Uh-uh. huh I can see where you're setting up now. Uh-huh. You about your stuff, ain't you? You don't want to no, know. I don't want to see it either. You don't want me to see it? Trust me. I don't want to see it. All right. Can we move on? All right. So there's a time of refreshing that's coming from the presence of the Lord. I want you all to set your heart and, and, and focus on that. There's a time of refreshing that's coming from the Lord when there's a time when everything is going to be all right. You're going to be okay. Give me five more minutes, okay? At least five minutes. I, I'm going to try to let you go. All right. Step four, step four, Make ins- <laughs> made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. They made a moral inventory. I tried to say, okay, God, what's a moral inventory? So I Googled it, okay? This is what it said. Basically, a moral inventory is an assessment of one's life up to this point. Make an assessment of your life up to this point. Right here, right now, where you are, look at your life. Look at your life. Taking stock of the good in one's life and noting the characteristics that are troublesome. In other words, take a look at your life. What's going on good in your life? First, put all the good things out. You know what? I come to church now. You know what? I don't cuss nobody out no more. Okay? All right? Well, I cuss them out not like I used to. Okay? Because I saw some of y'all here and went like, you know, all right, all right. Well, thank you. There you go. You don't, amen. You don't cuss them out like you used to. That's, that's progress, okay? We just need a little sign like a manifest, you know. We know God's working, okay? So just a little bit, all right? All right. And some people just know how to get on your nerve, right? Okay? And they deserve it, right? Wrong. No. Nobody deserves you to cuss them out. Pray it out. All right? But okay. So, so so you're making stock of your life, okay? Go back and look at it. List all the good things that you're doing now that you weren't doing last year. Okay? And then start taking an inventory of those troublesome spots. And when you start saying, you know what, I, I, and some of you going to watch it. Your life goes in season. Some of you going to say, you know what, in may it always get to the point where I, where I act a fool. You know, it may, me and my, my, my mate, we just, we just go at it. We just mad at each other. You know what, those are seasons. And what you have to do is look at those seasons and say, okay, well, what are we doing? Because we know that season's coming. If I know winter's coming, I'm going to take out my summer clothes? No, I'm going to take out my winter clothes. I'm going to dress for the season. Some of y'all are letting the season catch you unaware. You know this time of the year you always act a fool. Okay? So get yourself ready with some scriptures that are going to keep you from acting a fool. Okay. All right. I know I'm giving you a lot. All right. But anyway. All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 13. We use this for the, uh, for the scriptures that we do communion with. He said, but for if you judge yourselves, ourselves, we will not be judged. Did you hear that? My God, did you hear that? That's a get-out-of-jail-free ticket. Yeah. You don't hear this. You don't hear what God's saying. He said, if you judge yourself, I'm not going to judge you. Now, vice versa, is, if you don't judge yourself, then God said, I will. Yeah. So right now, while you're doing an inventory of your life, go ahead and say, you know what, God? That's wrong, and I'm doing it, and I know that's wrong. Okay, so God, right now, I'm asking you to help me. Give me some strength. I don't want to do this. Now, God, help me to get out of this. You hear me? You know what you're doing wrong. So judge yourself so that God won't have to judge you. You sneaking around on your wife or on your husband? You know that's wrong. Go ahead on and say, write it down, God, I'm sneaking around. Now, I know that's wrong. Now, God, you have to help me. Don't let your wife find a note. Don't let your husband find a note. (laughs) Matter of fact, don't even write it down. Just think about it and put it before God, all right? God, marriage counseling can be rough in these days, all right? So just think about it. Some stuff you can't write down, all right? You, you, you may find a note, then you try to like, uh, oh, that's my partner's note. You know, he got. <laughs> I was ministering to him. Now you're lying. Now you gotta go before God because you just told a lie. All right, anyway, let's keep going. I'm, I'm gonna get to five, and I'm gonna stop at five, all right? Because we're gonna get to all of them. All right. Admitted to God, they admitted to God and to themselves and to other human beings the exact nature of the wrong. Whoa. Now. Now, i got to help you with that one, okay? All right? The Scripture says in James chapter 5, verse 16, from the New Living Translation, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power to produce wonderful results. Now, confess your sins one to another. Now, 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 let me help you with that one, okay? God, I need to help you with that one. I don't want to go against Scripture. But I'm trying to keep y'all marriages together too. Okay? All right. All right. You then God's your partner. He's your friend. He's there for you. You first talk to God about it, okay? All right? Let Him give you some wisdom, okay? Because if I go, I am not messing up. I ain't messing with no woman or nothing like that. I'm just giving you an example, okay? I, do I need to get an example, Ms. King? I don't need to do that one. If I go to Miss King and I say, baby, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> She already started thinking what she's going to do. So, now nah, I better not use her. I'm going to use somebody else. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I felt heat when I went over there. i was like, man, I don't know if I need to do this or not. Let me find another way to do this. <laughs> Woo! Jesus, let me leave that one alone. Let me just let y'all do y'all own thing. Hey, y'all throw me under that buzzer. Uh-uh. <laughs> Woo! And they be laughing at me. Ha! <laughs> I would have never done that, Pastor. Yeah! Uh-huh. So, if Brent was going to go tell her husband... She don't we have a husband right now, so I can use her, all right? And she talked to her husband and said, you know what? I was out with that guy last night. I know we were wrong, but we did it. And I just want you to forgive. me. Can we pray? I tell you, that's not the best way to do it. Okay, I'm telling you now, that's not the easiest way out, okay? That is not my advice that you carry it out like that, okay? My advice is that you know you're wrong, you judge yourself, you go before God, and you tell God, God, I messed up. God, I know I'm wrong. Now, God, you got to help me. And I'm not telling you to hide nothing from your mate. But I'm telling you to go to God first and get some wisdom before God, before you run and try to tell it. Well, God, you told me to confess. He said, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other. It's easy for you, being in the wrong, to confess your sins to them and pray for them. The problem comes in is when they have to do it to you. You cannot control nobody's will. My best advice don't get involved in no stupid stuff. No way. Every man have his own wife. Every wife her own husband. When you violate that, then there are consequences. There are consequences. There's nobody here can be. There's nobody here who can be sneaking around on their mate and not know what's wrong. What you want is forgiveness. What you need is deliverance. Mm-hmm. Say, Ms. Tyler, do that a little bit louder, baby. Thank you, Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Mm-hmm. It's easier for people to want forgiveness than to go through the deliverance. And what God wants you to do is get delivered from that thing before it destroys your marriage, your home, your family, your children. Thank you for listening to Repairs of the Breach Ministries podcast. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, please visit us at rotbchurch.com. If you would like to be a blessing to us, please visit the website and select the donations link. Again, thank you for listening and have a blessed day.